0: do celebrate all the dads. Happy Father's Day. How many fathers do we have represented here? Okay, apparently the back row, which are my children, I need to confess something, because they're all saying they're fathers. Um, we'll have a salvation and repentance time for later. But we have some chocolates, some dark chocolates, to celebrate our dads, so Michael is graciously handing those out. We do celebrate our dads. You know, fathers are someone who birthed someone and saw it through to the end. So that is a great, great thing, and thank you for being a father. Thank you. Andrew just told me out there in the four-year, Happy Father's Day, said it's the best father he's ever had. So I I know, but he's starting on the dad jokes really early. You know, because when the, the going got difficult, it, it's easy for some guys to leave, and unfortunately they do, but the ones that are here that we're celebrating, you know, you stuck in when, the t- when it got tough, when you didn't know what to do, because like there's no manual that comes along with this, when you didn't have the answers, you still stayed, you prayed, and you maintained. I didn't mean for that to rhyme, but it did. And today I want to honor my dad, Wayne Behrens, and he's watching on the stream with my mom, and they're in South Texas. Absolutely. And, you know, he's the, he's the epitome of what I just wrote there. Um, I wasn't a, the easiest child to raise by a long shot, and he got me when I was eight years old, so he did not have the privilege and the ability to grow with me. It's just like, all of a sudden, ready, set, go, here we go. And he stayed, prayed, and maintained, so I really appreciate that. I also want to honor my spiritual fathers today, Mike Tennedy from Christ for the Nations, he really helped so into my life, and Pastor Don Jackson, Pastor Sherman Owens, Pastor Tad Matthews, and Dr. Kennedy. So I just want to honor all those, and I'm sure you guys all have your own people you want to honor, but I'm the one with the mic. So here we go. All right, so Father's Day would not be complete if we didn't have some bad dad jokes, right? All right, so I looked them up, and some of them I could not say from up here. But here's some of my favorites. Dad, are bugs good to eat? Asked the boy. Let's not talk about such things at the dinner table, son. His father replied. After dinner, the father required. Now, son, what did you want to ask me? Oh, nothing. There was a bug in your soup, but it's gone now. But <laughs> if, okay, here's one for my kids. How is the baby bird like its dad? How you ask? It's a chirp off the old block. <laughs> I know. That's the whole point of dad jokes. None of you are laughing. Son, dad, do you know the difference between a pack of cookies and a pack of elephants? Dad, no. Son, then it's a sure a good thing that mom does the grocery shopping. I know. They're, they don't get better. I asked my son if he had seen my newspaper, and he told me that newspapers are old school. He said that people use tablets nowadays and handed me his iPad. That fly did not stand a chance. And last but not least, my wife gets really upset at me for hiding kitchen utensils, but that's a whisk I'm willing to take. Okay, bad dad jokes, right? And it's like, boom, boom, boom. So in all seriousness, you know, and the humor, and it's fun to put all this levity and to make it all happy... I also want to recognize that Father's Day is difficult for some people, and there's a tension that can be in the, in the room when you think about Father's Day. And for some people, you know, the relationships that they had with their father wasn't great. It was actually painful, and it had hurt involved. Or maybe they've passed on, and it's like you really miss them this, today. And you wake up this morning where it normally be someone you go to see and get to call on the phone. You can't. Or maybe he was just absent in your life or distant or he abandoned you, or there's just friction for some reason. And I don't want to just do all the celebration and just let that kind of thing just slide off to the side. You know, and there's even some people who maybe don't even know their dad. I can't tell you how many people that I I talk to during the week that they don't even have a clue. But can I just tell you that we'll pray about that at the end, and there's certainly a place of healing within that. But we're going to focus on today what a father is. And I want to suggest to you, this is probably not going to be any Father's Day message you've ever heard anywhere in your life, but God just downloaded this to me last night, and it was just, it was really, really amazing. But I believe that we could all agree that fathers are leaders. Well, at least that's what God's intended them to be. And we see Abraham, who was started off, his name was Abram. That was his birth name. And God renamed him Abraham because he said, you're going to be the father of many nations. And I actually planned on developing that whole thing and going through the story of that. Go read it. It's in Genesis 18 and so on through there. But God took me a different direction, as I just alluded to a second ago. But I want to look at a couple of things in Genesis 18. But God said this, For I have chosen him... Now, he's talking about Abraham here, but I want to talk to you that he chose the father so that he may command his children. So it's not just limited to Abraham, but he commanded he has chosen fathers so that he may command his children in his household after him to keep the ways of the Lord. It's our job as fathers to set the temperature, to set the course in our homes, to teach everyone in our household even to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice so that the Lord may bring upon Abraham, but I want to insert us here, what he has spoken. God has spoken to all of us a plan and a purpose. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you. No one is without a plan. As Michael said, tonight is step three in the growth track, and this is when you discover why God created you. What did God put you on this earth for? What are your gifts and callings? But you see, God has spoken plans and purposes in all of us, and it is the Father's role, as we see here with Abraham, that God put us to be here so that God can accomplish what he wants to accomplish in the family. Joshua twenty four fifteen says, all the different things that are going on, people are rising up, and I'm not gonna hit all those stories. Go read the whole chapter. It's really, really wonderful. The end of it says, But as for me and my house, me and my family, we will serve the Lord. It is the husband, the dad, the father's role to stand up and say, Hey, I don't care what else is going on in the world around me. I don't care what they're doing to your school, what what all your little friends are doing. As for us, we are going to serve the Lord. But you know, perhaps your father didn't do it right. Or maybe your father, you're a father and you think, I've messed up. I've made so many mistakes. I didn't do it right. Can I tell you that Some people may say, well, I'm only human and just want to discard it and just like, just push it off to the side with that. But I personally think that my greatest concern, if I can just be vulnerable and honest with you, my greatest concern since Lenore and I got married and probably even before that was that I was going to mess up my kids. And some might say they were, but no, I'm just joking. Um, I have always worried a little bit, even though we're not supposed to worry, about what will my kids tell their therapist one day? What are they going to end up laying down on the couch going, well, my dad, he did this. It's probably going to involve with me scaring them, but that's a whole other message involved there. But what was it that I did that messed them up? The scariest of all thoughts for me, and not that I'm trying to make this a downer for any of the fathers in the room. We gave you chocolate, so I'll lift you up in a second. (laughs) What memories will they have of me? And three of the four are in the room, so I don't even want to ask them. But you realize they will have memories that they take with me for the rest of their lives, and I don't get to choose what they are. I'd like to go, okay, remember this good time right here? Okay, I wish we all had the men in black little pen when something happens. Go, okay, you will not remember this. Okay, how many dads would that have been a great thing to have? You know, just like, oh, no, 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 no. You're not going to remember this moment. This moment, is like mm, this will just kind of happen, okay? But I want us to look at fathers being a father, and having a father, whether it was a good relationship or maybe they made some mistakes and they didn't do it how you wish they'd have done it or probably didn't even do it how they wish they'd have done it. But I want us to look at it from a different perspective, and that is surrounding weakness. What is a weakness? Do you guys know what a weakness is? I heard a definition from Russ Lee when I was traveling around with the group Truth uh, a long time ago and he was the director, interim director stepping in there and I got to hang with them for a while and in one of the services he preached a message about weaknesses and what God wants to do with you. It wasn't a long message, it's short, but he said these words that have stuck with me forever. I think we have it for the screen. He said, a weakness is a strength that's out of control. Have you ever thought about that? Weakness is a strength That's out of control so it's not something that is just that I got to live with this forever this is just who I am okay remember I said some people excuse off failures and things that are missing it is not something that is just something we'll live with forever it is a strength that's out of control it's a strength that hasn't learned where it needs to be it's just out of control I thought that was really good. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, we see verse 9, and he said to me, God said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. God told Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is is perfected in weakness. And I want to break that down a little bit. It actually means power. It means strength. It literally, the literal translation, they translated power as power, but it literally means strength, is perfected, I highlight these in yellow to follow along with this, means completed in weakness. So literally, it's saying here, for your strength is completed from your weakness so a weakness is a strength out of control, so here's what I want to say, we're all, I told you last, a couple of weeks ago, we're all buckets, so here we are, we're buckets, all right, so everyone is a bucket, it was so funny, because I was talking to Morgan after service, and she said that some of her friends asked her, how was church, what did you learn, she's like, I don't really know how to explain that. And so she brought a friend with her, and the day I was talking about being a bucket, and he's like, I know what you say. She goes, yeah, because if I just tell everybody I learned today I'm a bucket, they're like not going to understand. Well, here we go. We're going to follow along with that same logic, and here we're a bucket. So we have all these slats that go in here, and they're held down by the metal bindings that are here. It's got a bottom to it, and they're all cut to here, and they're all to the same level. So if I start pouring water in here, it's going to hold, and it's going it's to fill up in here, right? Right? But just like all of us, this bucket doesn't have all the slats all the way up. So how far is the water going to be able to go in this bucket? Just to the lowest slat. But what's the intention of this bucket that all the slats would be all the way up and it would be complete. Remember that scripture we just saw? Will be complete and then we're going to have the full capacity that God intended for us. We shouldn't just settle with our weaknesses and say, well, that's just who I am. You know, I've been like this forever. But it's actually something we should have as a work in progress. So we should identify those areas in our life that our slat doesn't go all the way to the top, not that our elevator doesn't go all the way to the top, our slats don't go all the way to the top, and we're going to work to complete those. But I want to suggest to you that's actually God's job in our life. But we shouldn't just be comfortable with that. See, when you work, and you resolve that, and you bring this all the way up, and you've worked that so that everything is the same height all the way around, and you've reached the potential that God has, you've been completed in the work for him, that doesn't make you perfect, as in you don't have any sin. It means you're complete that all the slats are at the same level. You guys following me? You're with me on this? But now some people will say, I had a weakness, whether that was an addiction, I had this problem, I did all this stuff, and that was my test and it's turned into my testimony. Have you guys ever heard that? Now I will tell you that God does take those things in our lives and gives us the ability to use those to speak to someone, but he didn't put a lower slat in our life just so we would have a testimony. And I think that's the connotation that a lot of people have with that, that this just happened to me. I had no choice in it. I just had to sin. It's just, you know, I I just had to do it. I didn't have a choice. It just became, because I had a testimony. So I'd be able to help other people. Well, that's the craziest thing in the world to think about. What kind of God would give his, his kids some problem just so somebody else could also have that same problem and he could cheer them on? That's just stupid. I want to suggest to you that we have slats in our life that don't go all the way to the top. And that's a weakness that we have to work. That, That is something that's meant to be a strength. It's supposed to be complete. But there's some things that we need to work on in our lives. You weren't given that test just to have a testimony. But you have walked through the steps... What's one of our biggest words here at Church on the Rock, Dallas? Next steps. steps. You don't have to know all the steps. You just need to know the next step. So you may have walked through the steps to complete it, that you did all the hard work that it takes to bring these slats all the way up. You've done all the steps to complete it, to be perfect, to be perfected. That makes you a great tour guide. That doesn't mean God put that on you so that you could have the testimony. It means you're a great tour guide to say, hey, listen, I've been where you're at. Here, let's find our way out together. I know the way. I'll be your tour guide. That doesn't mean God put it on you. I'm overemphasizing this for a reason. There's so much bad teaching out there that makes you think, well, God just does this to me. God doesn't do that to you. But I also want to tell you that just because someone else doesn't have that deficit that they've recovered from doesn't mean that they're not equally able to counsel or talk to you and lead you out. You don't have to be a tour guide for having walked down the path of addiction to help somebody who has been addicted. Just because I did things right in my marriage and that I was pure when we got married, when we stood at the altar, doesn't mean I can't counsel and talk to somebody, encourage somebody who is in a troubled relationship that didn't do it necessarily all the right ways. Means that we all, when we're complete and perfect, not perfect as we got it all together, but we've got it all worked, that our slat goes all the way to the top, we're able to help others because I'm not the only one that has some slats that don't go all the way to the top. There are people around me. There are people around you. So whether you've got all the stuff going on here, you're a great person to encourage them. If you're working through the process, you're able to take people who's got a slat lower than you and say, I don't know it all. I haven't got it all figured out. I'm still working on my slats, okay? But... Come on with me. I'll teach you what I learned today. I'll t- teach you what I learned yesterday. Come on with me. And then when you get it all the way, then you're better equipped to tell people it's a strength that's out of control. But God's desire is that we're complete, that every slat goes all the way to the top. 2 Timothy verse, chapter 3, verse 17 says that the man of God may be adequate which literally means perfect or complete, equipped, fully equipped, literally. I'm going to insert here, slats go all the way to the top for every good work. This is God's will for us. This is God's will for me. This is God's will for you. That the man, that you, put your name in there, that the man of God, the woman of God, that you may be perfect, complete. The slats go all the way to the top. Fully equipped, Again, the slats go all the way to the top that you're able to do at the good work that God has for us. We've been talking about harvest and what God has planned for us. And we're going to be talking about that more because that's still going off inside of me. But how do we do that? Well, we're, we just let, we looked at part of that verse. We just kind of jumped in the middle. We're going to look at the verse before that. We're going to read the whole thing. So 2 Timothy 3.16 All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that, so that, and then here's the rest of that verse. God says, I want you in my word. If you dive into my word, if you just read my word, if you study my word, if you do all those things, then go back to the previous screen, please then it's profitable for teaching. So you can help other people that their slats don't go all the way to the top. It's, it's there for reproof. They'll say, well, I don't understand. Let me help you show you the right way. It's in the Word of God. Correction. the times you don't want to correct somebody. It's like, no, this is the way it should be. No, this... And you, you say, hey, I, it's not my opinion. Let me show you what the Word of God says. And for training in righteousness. So that... The next verse. So that... You may be complete, fully equipped, that your slats go all the way to the top. You with me? Philippians 1.6 says, For I'm confident of this very thing, that he, God, who began a good work in you, will perfect it, will complete it, until the day of Christ. So I want to tell you that it's God who has started this whole process of the bucket, that you're the bucket, And your slats, God's desires for it to go all the way to the top. So that's not just a weakness, something you've got to live with. It is something that God has begun this practice. And he's molding that. And he's going to keep on going. Because he who began that good work in you will perfect it. He will complete it. Philippians 2.12 says, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. It is God who is at work in you. I want to tell you that the ultimate father is our heavenly father. He has this great plan for all of us. It is for us to live An abundant life, John 10.10 says, I came and I went through everything for you so you could have life and to live it abundantly. I was talking to someone yesterday and she was telling me about a relationship that uh, she's in and her dad wants her out of that relationship and said that her dad offered her to pay half her rent for a year if she would... Get rid of that relationship. And she was like step in this thing. And I'm like, Do you understand Father's Day, Father's Day, Father's Day? Do you understand that your father can see things that you can't see? He has been working in you this whole thing of your life, and he looks at the decision that you're making, going, That's not what I have for you. That's not what I would want you to live your life out with. I said, Now you're either doing something stupid and rebellion and just like throwing caution to the wind. Or you just don't understand. But let me just give you a clue. Your dad doesn't want to control you. Your dad doesn't want bad things for you. Your dad wants the best for you. Can I just tell you this morning that God is the same exact way. He wants the absolute best for you. He wants you to reach your full potential because it is he who gave you that potential. Who better to fulfill the potential than the one who gave you the potential? So you know, as we're winding this down, there's two prayers I want us to talk about at the end. The first one, maybe you're far from God. Or maybe you've never even accepted him. Or maybe you've walked in separation or you have some issues that, well, God, it didn't work out like I thought it should have. And this hurt me. Or we talked about in the beginning just how maybe a natural father or natural relationships caused damage and hurt, absence and all the different bad things that could happen. Maybe it's really hard for you to even accept God as a heavenly father based on what you've seen in your own life. I've been blessed for that not to be the case. But I talk to many, many people every week that it is the case. I can't even begin to tell you the, the situations that I talk to people and they find themselves in. Will you bow your heads with me this morning? If that's you, and if you found yourself here as I'm giving these words and I'm giving this challenge and you say, Pastor Kevin, I know that's me, that I'm not where I'd like to be with God. I know there's separation. Today can be your day. Today can be the day that you make the best decision of your life. In just a moment, we're also going to pray for anyone that's had some bad experiences with your father. But the first decision I want us to look at is actually the one that has to deal with accepting God, accepting Jesus, and to recognize that God has a great plan for your life. And he wants to complete it. I want to suggest to you that the scripture we read that God's going to complete the work he began in you. He can't begin that work until you begin the path with him. See, I don't believe that him completing it began when you were born. I believe it begins when you actually accept him into your life and you surrender control of your life. So if that's you today, if you say today's my day, I'm willing to give God a shot. I'm going to jump all in. I just want to ask you to raise your hand. We're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to invite you up. We're not going to call you forward. We're not going to do anything. We're just going to say a prayer with you. All right. I want everybody to say this prayer with me. We're not going to say it out loud. We're just going to, if that's you, I want you to just pray this in your mind and mean it. Say, God in heaven. Thank you for sending your son to die in my place. To pay for my sins so I don't have to. I ask you to forgive me for living my life without you. Jesus, please forgive me. I surrender everything to you. (laughs) Be the Lord of my life. Be number one. And the best way I know how I'm going to live for you with all my heart. Today, I give you my life. Now, our second prayer that I want to pray over everyone is if your earthly father really made a mess of things, maybe hurt you or abandoned you or worse, and it's difficult for you to embrace any man, much less a heavenly father, I want to encourage you first of all today, the first step, is to forgive your earthly father for any weaknesses that he may have had. Whether he was just doing the best he knew how and wasn't prepared, didn't know what to do, or if he just did some evil things, all those things that caused you difficulty, I want to encourage you to release them from having failed you. So if that's you, I'm not going to ask you to even raise your hand. I just want you to receive this prayer. Father God, I pray for everyone in the sound of my voice that are in this room, that are listening on the podcasts, that are watching the videos, Lord, that they've had a bad situation with their dad, whether it's neglect or abuse or abandonment or worse. Father, first of all, I pray that you would help them to find it in their heart to forgive. And Lord, I pray that you would release them from that bondage that's holding them back. That you would show them the way forward. Father, I pray that you would help them to receive your love, your unconditional love, because you want nothing in return. Lord, I thank you that you have started this path with us. And you're leading us on this path and you're faithful to complete it. Make our slats go all the way to the top if we keep working it with you. And Father, I just pray for all the fathers that are in this room, all the ones that are listening on this podcast. Father, I speak a blessing to them. I speak a blessing over them. Father, regardless of what season of time that they're in, whether they've got young children, teenagers, or maybe their, their children are adults, Father God, I just speak a blessing over them because there's multiple stages that we need to be involved with our children, and it never, ever ends, thankfully. I thank you for my father. I thank you for my spiritual fathers, and I thank you for everyone in here. And Father, I just speak a blessing over them And Lord, I ask you to help us continue to perfect us where we have weaknesses, that we continue to work on them so that those areas that are out of control, that the slats don't go all the way to the top, that Lord, we will be complete, fully equipped to do your work. And Lord, even for the women in the room that the the message of fathers does imply, Lord, the the message of weaknesses and, and working on those things that aren't quite right, that's not quite there. Lord, we all can embrace that. Father, I speak a blessing over everyone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.